Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 540 and 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and with me today is longtime friend of the Pet Place, Gary Lichen. Hi, Gary. Hi, Marie. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well. How's everything going with you? Everything's going good. It's been busy. I understand you've been doing lots of Pet Place appearances, and you've got a really fun one coming up. Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, this one will be later today. It'll be in Irvine. It'll be the 12th. No, actually, it'll be, yes, it'll be the Pet Trek 2007. It's going to benefit the Irvine Animal Care Center. Uh, pet-related activities for two- and four-legged family members. And it's going to be starting at 8 a.m. at Heritage Park. That's 14321 Yale Avenue in Irvine. And I'll be out there with Ralph, our underwriter. And we hope that people will come by and say hi and and uh, check out the pet place. Okay, well, are you going to be out there walking your dog? Not this time. Are not this time. Spit it out. Oh, no, I'll have I'll, I'll have Ralph's pet club brochures to hand oh, out to okay. people. Yeah, that that could be very tiring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that sounds really fun, and you know I wanted to give everybody out there um, some news about Fred. He's still recovering from surgery, and he hopes very soon to be back here on the air. If you want to email your get well wishes to Fred, send them to his email address, which is tpetplace at earthlink dot net. He really loves receiving emails. Um, what has he said about all the emails he's been receiving from the fans? Oh, he loves to get all the emails because it has helped him through this. It's been a tough time for him, but uh, hopefully he's going to get better a lot quicker. But all that email, he loves to read. He loves to get the, the mail from the fans. It's uh, one way to keep him cheery and, and optimistic that everything's going to be fine and he'll be back here soon. Other than pets, I think uh, getting messages of good wishes from people who care about you, it's just the best medicine of all. Oh, it is. It is so true. And I have another announcement, too, about our Pet Place television show. Starting October 28th, we're going to have all new programs, and we're going to be on a new day and new time, 6.30 a.m. on Sundays on KDOC-TV. That's 6.30 a.m. on Sundays for all you early risers. And if you don't wake up that early, just TiVo it because it's a really fun show and we're going to have lots of beautiful, adoptable animals waiting for you. And I just want to let everybody know we have a great show here on the radio, too. I've got some really good book reviews that we're going to be doing with Marianne Dell and some very exciting guests. So please stay tuned and we'll be right back with the Pet Place Radio Show. Welcome back to the Pet Place. It's time for my personal favorite part of the program, reviews of children's books with Marianne. Hi, Marianne. How are you? Good, Marie. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing really well, and I'm really excited to talk about these books here. Children's books are my favorite. I could get away with reading children's books still since I still have a little girl. I don't know what I'm going to do when they're all grown up. See, you'll have to start reviewing them for some place. (laughs) That's my excuse. I love them, too. They're just so great. Some of them have such wonderful illustrations and such terrific stories. Really? They're great. It it is, and it's nice to see. We've got a whole bunch this month that really have some wonderful underlying messages and some good education in them. 
Oh, fabulous. Tell me yeah. about some of the, the stories you've read this month. Okay, well, our first one is called Arctic Tale by Rebecca Baines. The publisher is National Geographic. It's five ninety five, and it's for ages 4 to 8. Back in July, National Geographic uh, released a movie called Arctic Tale, and it was about a baby polar bear named Nanu and a baby oh, yeah. walrus named Fila. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was about, there. I haven't seen the movie, but since the book follows the story, I assume it's probably pretty close. It talks about their lives growing up in the Arctic, and it follows them from birth through adulthood, and it not just educates people about, you know, the life of a polar bear, the life of a walrus, but it's really good explanation of how humans are using and abusing the world we live on. Oh, yeah. We, the, it talks about how even in just the short span of time from Nanu and Sila's parents' time to now, the climate is changing in ways that really affect not just us, but every other species on the planet. Right. I, I understand it's making their habitat slowly disappear. Yeah. It talks about how hard it is for them to find food, how hard it is for them to find places to rest, and how the receding ice shelves are playing a big part in that. That's, that's just amazing, and it's great that we're talking about these things to children because they really are the key in making a change for the future. Absolutely. And, you know, this book is, you know, that old adage, we just borrow the earth from our children and our grandchildren. (laughs) This really drives it home. Yes, it does. That sounds like a fabulous book. Yeah. And it's also, they've also done a a novelization for kids 8 to 12. So they cover everybody with this, really. That's fantastic. How much did you say this book goes for? This one's $5.95. Oh, what a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what the price is for the novelization. It's probably a little more because it's bigger. But, um, yeah, it really is. It's a great price. And, of course, it's beautifully done. It's National Geographic. Oh, yeah. They're they're just great on on their illustrations. I love National Geographic publications. Yeah. it's, It's beautiful. It really is. Okay, and let's go on to your your next story. What do you have for us? Okay, this one's called About Crustaceans, A Guide for Children, by Catherine Sill, illustrated by John Sill. The publisher is Peachtree. It's $7.95, and it's for ages 5 and up. Okay. Catherine Sill is a former school teacher, and she's written a series of about various types of animals books, about birds, mammals, and it's real basic. They it, they explain the books explain different kinds of animals in terms that beginning learners can really understand. Um, her husband has illustrated this one, and the illustrations are very realistic. They show us how crabs and shrimp and other crustaceans act and react to the world. And this one's kind of neat because you know kids see birds, they see mammals, they don't see crustaceans too much, <laughs> but they're really a key part of the world. One of the illustrations in this and one of the animals it talks about are the tiny little krill that really are the basis of the ocean's food chain. I I hear your dogs uh, confirming everything you say in the background. (laughs) Yes, indeed. (laughs) Agrees with that one quite a bit. (laughs) He's got a lot to say about a lot, that one. I guess he does. (laughs) But these books are great and, and I imagine the other ones all are like this. You know, they're a wonderful way to start help children understand from an early age that there's a bigger world than just the world we live in out there, and we share it with a lot of different creatures. What a great story for children. I just really like those ideas. Thanks for that one. Yeah. This one's very cool. And again, the illustrations are just great. I bet they are. 
And then you've read a story about pigs also, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I do love pigs. And this is a this is a little more maybe traditional book for young kids. It's called Pigs Love Potatoes. Oh, okay. It's by Anika Denise, illustrated by Christopher Denise. The publisher is Philomel Books. The price is fifteen ninety nine, and this is for ages four to six. Okay. And this one's about some piggies who just love to eat, and they love to eat potatoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very cute. It's very brightly illustrated, and it's a it's a learning to count book. Oh, how cool. Yeah, so it starts with one piggy and two piggies and three piggies, and it counts up to the number of pigs that come in, and they all want to help Mama make dinner and, of course, eat dinner. <laughs> uh-huh, of course. And it's also got some teaching about manners because everyone's very – Kind and they chip in to help, and when they're finished, they help clean up, and they thank Mama for her efforts for the dinner, and it's told in rhyme, so it's great for oh, little fun. kids. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, really... we all want our kids to learn manners, that's for sure. So I would say this is definitely required reading. Yes, <laughs> yes, this is a good one. And, of course, kids love to see animals that you wouldn't see in real life dressed up and acting like people. Sure, that's so, lots of fun. Yes, it's got that aspect to it. Okay, and then we have Hondo and Fabian. Yes, Tell I us just, about that. I love this book. It's it's long been one of my favorites. It's written and illustrated by Peter McCarty. Mm-hmm. The publisher is Square Fish. It's six ninety five, and it's for ages three to nine. I found this. I found a card one day in a store, and it had this really cute pastel, soft focus painting on the front of a yellow lab-like dog leaning out of a car and, you know, of course they were driving and the wind was blowing. And while I'm not one who wants to see people doing that in real life, right, right. <laughs> there are all kinds of dangers <laughs> inherent in that. As an illustration, it was just adorable and mm-hmm. I had to get this card. And then I discovered it was actually from a book and it's from this book. And Hondo and Fabian are a dog and cat who live together. And this book is about a day in their life Um, Hondo goes to the beach with his friend Fred, who's also a lab. Mm -hmm. Fabian stays home and finds his own amusement and tries to avoid being amusement for the baby in the family. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But the cool thing about it is McCarty never says a word about this is how we should take care of our pets. But it's throughout it, there's really... Ignoring the dog with his head out the window thing, and of course this book looks like it's from an earlier time, a simpler time, when maybe it wasn't such a dangerous thing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the dog and the cat live in the house. They're, they sleep in the house. They're obviously part of the family. The dog gets to be enriched as he goes to the beach and plays with another dog. And they're obviously very well cared for and very loved creatures. And well, that's a great message, too, to send to children and to the adults who read, because Animals need to be incorporated as part of the family, and so when kids are seeing these images early on, I think it really makes a difference. I do, too. It's like you said earlier, we have to start with the youngsters. That's where we start to change the world and educate about the best ways to live and care for this planet and all the creatures on it that are part of our stewardship. Yep. And so, yeah, it's just, it's lovely, and it's, it's, again, as so many of these books are, beautifully illustrated. Well, that sounds like a really wonderful story. Would you say that was your favorite out of the batch this this time? Boy, this is a tough one, but it probably is. Okay. It probably is, but Arctic Tail is pretty close. Okay, a close <laughs> second. Arctic Tail. Yeah. 
Well, I, I'm probably going to check all these out because they all sound pretty good to me. But, Marianne, before I let you go, I want to ask you one thing. I understand yeah. there's some big, exciting changes going on with the Orange County Register pet section, which is online. Can you tell us a little yeah. about that? Yeah, we are really ramping up. We're starting to ramp up some of our coverage throughout our website. And I'm going to be looking at getting some more content on our site and some more not just educational and interesting stuff for people. I'm going to be starting a blog pretty soon and, you know, talking about both fun interest and interesting educational stuff for pet owners. Um, but we're also going to start some discussion boards for Orange County and area pet owners to talk about things they're doing, talk about items of interest to them. Um, hopefully it will be a place where people, when things happen like the pet food recall, that people can kind of, you know, exchange ideas and talk about things. And then I also want to do some fun stuff. We have so much fun every year with our My Dog's Face contest, and it's probably one of the most popular things we do at the <laughs> it's Register. A, it's a great feature. Marianne, uh, very quickly, because we have to wrap up this section, okay. would you please tell us how our listeners can navigate to that site? Absolutely. It's very easy, actually. It's ocregister.com slash pets. Excellent. ocregister.com slash pets. And thank you very much, Marianne Dell, and we'll be back in just a few with more of the Pet Place Radio Show. Okay. Thanks, Well, I said that we were going to have a fun show today, and I wasn't joking. We had a great interview with Marianne Dell, who had some wonderful children's books to tell us about. And now we have a very special guest, Gilbert Quintana. Hi, Gilbert. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, and you've brought us a couple little guests yourself. Who do you have here? Yes, I did. I brought um, two different types of tarantulas. One is a terrestrial tarantula from um, Arizona. It's commonly called the Tucson Blonde or the Arizona Blonde. And then I also brought an arboreal species, um, which would be found in trees, um, treetops, and higher areas. I just want to let everybody know I have these two tarantulas sitting here right in front of me. And um, I'm not squeamish at all because I actually like spiders. I'm the kind of person who always rescues them when they're in the house and puts them outside and doesn't let anybody step on them. But I could see how some people might be a little bit concerned about tarantulas, and they have a lot of uh, scary stories related to them. Is this just a bunch of myths, basically? Uh, A lot of times you hear stories from people, and you could tell um, (laughs) they're exaggerated by their fear of the animal. Um, Reports of them jumping at their face or chasing them. just exaggerated just because they're so fearful of them and just Mm -hmm. not knowledgeable about them. Um, When you talk to little kids, uh, young kids, they're typically very intrigued about tarantulas. They're not scared or frightened, but after their parents have instilled in them or uh, after they the see great a horrors. scary movies see, exactly exactly <laughs> arachnophobia oh, exactly no. so really a learned behavior um, yeah. to, for children to be scared of well tell spiders. me you, you've been handling tarantulas for a while have you ever been bitten no i've never been bitten and I've, how long have you been working with tarantulas i've been keeping them um as a hobbyist for maybe five years six years seriously but um i've been 
living around them and interested in them for really my entire life since I was probably four or five. Wow. Now, do you like all spiders or are tarantulas kind of your uh, favorites? I like all spiders. Um, I like seeing them all in the wild. I, I just currently keep tarantulas. Um, they're definitely one of my favorites. Um, Would you say that having a tarantula as a pet is um, is something an easy pet to manage, or, or what yes, would you say about this? they're very easy. They um, don't need to be walked. Um, <laughs> they don't need a, That's true. They don't need a house sitter. They, you feed them a couple prey items, a couple crickets a week, and, and they're happy. Uh, give them some fresh water, and uh, they don't really have to be cleaned up after. You maybe pick up a food bolus um, after they, when they're eating a food item, they crunch it up into a little ball and then just suck it up through their fangs, okay. um, squish it up, masticate it with their fangs, and um, they'll leave a little food bolus, just uh, the exoskeleton of the prey and um, any okay. inedible parts, and you pick those out just to keep mites out of there. And, but so, so they're fairly they're a low-maintenance pet then? Very low-maintenance. Do, do they do anything? Do they interact with you, or are they just something basically to have around and say, gee, aren't they cool? <laughs> um, for me, it's more of a like having tropical fish. I, okay. I like to see them. I like to watch their behaviors at night when, when they don't know I'm there, um, watch them hunting for food and watching them grow and molt. Um, I just love all their little behaviors. Um, some people do like to handle. I'm not one of those that, that always has to have them out and, and on me or showing to people. I These two tarantulas you see right now, it's the first time they've ever been out of their enclosure since I've had them. Well, I understand that really it's not such a safe habit to get into handling tarantulas because if they fall onto the ground, they actually can get quite injured and maybe even sustain life-threatening injuries. Is, exactly. Is they're, they're very delicate, especially the terrestrial species like this uh, Tucson blonde right here. Um, they live their entire life in this little burrow, um, except for when they're males and they mature, go wandering in search of mates, and they're not built to, to be dropped even from a short distance. And if oh, okay. they drop, so their abdomen really rupture, and um, they bleed out um, fairly quickly. So this really isn't the type of pet that a small child would have. No. It's I, something more of a teenager or an adult and someone who wants just an interesting little guy to, to watch and appreciate a little from a distance. And correct. Not anything that's going to be giving you affection like a dog or a cat. Right, it, it won't give you. Some <laughs> people think, uh, th there's some people that, that do say they, their tarantula comes to meet them when they feed them, and yeah. they pro possibly do um, get accustomed to seeing food items when the, when their cage opens. Um, I don't, I wouldn't particularly assign any um, affectionate qualities to them, though. Do you think they recognize you, though? I honestly do not think okay. <laughs> they recognize me at all. <laughs> Um, if I never showed up, I don't think they'd be too worried as long as they keep getting food and water. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, I have read a little something about tarantulas, and you mentioned it briefly, um, molting. I understand as they get older, um, it becomes a little bit more difficult for them, and you have to actually help them along with molting. I don't think I'd be very comfortable doing that. I'd be worried I'd hurt them. I've, I've never had to help one molt. Um, if it was an injured tarantula, you might have to help it molt. Say it had a um, a severe injury to its its body or one of its legs, maybe it would get stuck in a molt um, or 
perhaps the humidity requirements weren't right or um, for keeping that species or maybe it was dehydrated. Um, so far I've been very lucky. I've never had a, a molt problem. Um, it definitely um, takes a lot out on a tarantula. They'll be in a weakened state for a little while, wait until they recuperate, and it can be a very slow process for a tarantula. You know, I guess I should probably have you explain to everybody what molting actually is in case our listeners don't know. Well, as they as a tarantula grows, um, it's, its exoskeleton has no way to stretch or expand with the growth. So what they'll do is they cast off their skin or their exoskeleton in one whole piece. Um, so you'll see uh, a tarantula when it's getting ready to molt, the, the abdomen will take on this dark black color underneath um, the hairs and then one day it will flip over on its back. Um, it may web a nice web on the bottom to lay on and it'll flip over on its back. Um, some, this startles a lot of people when they first see it. They think their tarantula is dead and they go and try oh, to no. flip it over. Oh, no. You don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> Good just, to know. Just leave them alone. Um, soon, if, if you're patient enough, you'll see it just starting to flex and the, the exoskeleton will break open and they just pull out of their old shell and kick off the new one and then oh, wow. they'll just lay there all white and uh, pale looking and then the, after um, a few hours they start hardening up and they'll flip o upright and then it'll take probably a few days for some species till they um, are ready to eat maybe a few weeks um, if it's a young juvenile it, it might be ready to eat just in a few days so so it is a very tiring process it, it is a for these tiring process wow. it, it's um, a very vulnerable time for them um, you wouldn't have want to have any food items any crickets in there at the time they're molting that would chew on them or try okay. to eat them okay well if you were handling them for whatever reason and you were bitten um, are tarantulas poisonous yes they do have venom um, there's no there are no reliable reliable reports of a person being killed by a tarantula, um, certainly not in the United States. Um, there are some Asian species that are have a fairly uh, bad bite, some of the Poecilotheria, um, people call them pokies for short. They have a, a bad bite and it could cause you some muscle spasms and weakness and pain. But um, pet stores generally don't sell that variety. <laughs> not generally. Okay. If, if you're getting something into that territory, um, you generally have a lot a little bit of experience, some a little background. bit of reading knowledge, and some background. Um, Can you tell me, um, if somebody was interested in joining a, a hobbyist club for tarantulas, um, where should somebody go to um, participate in something like this and find out more about tarantulas and maybe decide if they want to be a tarantula pet owner? There are a couple great websites. One of them that I frequent um, when I first started finding tarantulas out in the wild um, was arachnopets. Um, at arachnopets.com. Okay. Um, they have a forum with a lot of knowledgeable members, great place, a lot of very smart people on those boards. Um, and there's another one, the American Tarantula Society headquarters. Um, and that's ATSHQ.org. Yes. Fabulous. Well, you know, I wish we had so much more time to talk about these amazing little guys because as I'm sitting here watching them walk around, they are just so wonderful to look at. 
And I encourage all of you who are interested to take a look at some of those websites and learn more about tarantulas so you could be a good, responsible pet owner if you do decide to get one. And we will be back again in just a moment to wrap up this show of The Pet Place. show we had today, Gary. Oh, that was terrific. Boy, you had tarantulas, you've got book reviews, you have a little bit of everything today. I loved the tarantulas. (laughs) They were so fun. (laughs) And I know uh, you're going to be leaving pretty soon to uh, get down to your booth at the pet truck, and that sounds like a fun day, That's right. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing all those Pet Place fans who want to come out and take a a look at the event and say hi to us. Hey, I have another uh, idea for tonight, if you guys are interested in heading on out and doing something else fun. The Gimme Shelter Rock and Roll Concert and Fundraiser to benefit the Coastal German Shepherd Rescue will be featuring Jumping Jack Flash, a Rolling Stones recreation band, and Paperback Writer, a Beatles tribute band. This will be at the Star Theater, 402 North Coast Highway in Oceanside. Tickets are $40 each, and it begins at 6.15 p.m., and I think you know about something, too, coming up. Yes, I do. Next Tuesday, October 16th, that is the deadline to enter Orange Dog Parts Canine Calendar Contest. Twelve dogs will be chosen to be featured in the full-color 2007 calendar, and proceeds from sales of the calendar are going to be used to maintain the park located at Yorba and Chapman and Orange. And people who want the applications can go online to orangedogpark.com. Repeating, that's orange dogpark.com and they can get all the information about deadlines and how to send in the photo of their favorite pooch. That's fabulous. And some of you may remember our Hemopet guest that was on a few weeks back. I'm just wanting to remind all of you that October 14th, that's tomorrow, is the second annual Walk a Pet for Life Dog Walk and this benefits Hemopet and their new center for greyhound rescue and pet animal recovery. Hemopet is a nonprofit blood bank serving over 2,000 veterinary clinics in the U.S. and Canada using greyhound donors who are then placed in permanent homes. And these are the dogs from racetracks yes. who have been rescued from the tracks and given a second chance. So this is a wonderful thing. For more information, go to hemopet.org. And that's about it today, uh, Gary. We don't have any more time. I feel no, so bad. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, again, thank you for all the people who are sending Fred a email get well wish. And Marie will be back here next Saturday morning that's for everybody. That's right. So we'll see you next Saturday. <laughs>